0: Chicks on Top. You're here today with your host, Auntie Vice, and today we have an erotic author and a podcaster who covers all things about sex on her podcast, Oh Fuck Yeah. We have Ruin Willow. Welcome to the show.
1: Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. It's great to have you here. You are
0: a prolific author. Have you been writing your entire life?
1: I have um I was one of those kids that wrote when I was young like I would grab like a notebook a, a you know paper notebook and I would just write out a story and then when I was in high school I really just went crazy writing poetry it was just it was sort of an outlet for me almost therapy at the time and cause, you know all the teenage angst and then I had bad things happen. So it was <laughs> it was actually quite therapeutic for me. And then as I, I I did go to college, um I did minor in writing, but I focused on other career things, but I still wrote on the side and I've worked in multiple jobs. But in 2016 I decided I really, really wanted to try my hand at really focusing on writing. And so I write I started writing under my real name. Because Rune Willow is my pen name, <laughs> and so I wrote there, and I got a, started a website, which was which did well, and then I got a book contract for a YA, YA romance novel with a small publisher, and they published that, and they gave me another contract, and then COVID hit, <laughs> which really you know really hurt them, so they pretty much stopped publishing anything, and they are just now getting back to publishing a little bit per year. So I'm still waiting for my second book to come with them. And then in about 2019, I decided I really enjoy writing romance, but I really like that spice. I really love that, including sex in the romance story. To me, it's just more realistic. It's more real to life because you know, people fuck in real life. So (laughs) I wanted to include that. And so that's how I I evolved into um, erotica, even though I still do write a little bit under my real name, but right now I'm really focusing on the erotica aspect of writing.
0: So you have over a dozen books out uh, of erotica alone. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, they, they kind of span the the breadth of what's available in erotica but you do have quite a bit of bdsm stuff. How did you start exploring that world um and and make it realistic because there's so much bad bdsm erotica. So how do, and yours is yours is yours is pretty representative of what it's really like. So how did you start exploring that and making it real on the page?
1: I really really researched it. I mean, I've interviewed several doms. I've just really Delved into what it's all about. I've studied it. I've read other authors who also write it, and it just sort of flows out of me. Um, I don't do, not everything I write has it in there, but um, I definitely do have quite a few, you're right, that do touch on that world. And it's just very seductive and sexy and fun. And, you know, it's just a way to explore sexuality. I feel like, you know, a lot of books. Romance books don't delve into that unless they are erotica. You know, we've got the big old, the big movies that came out that okay. introduced it to the world. <laughs> I think it's just growing. I really think that kink is growing and people are exploring it more. When did you first?
0: Can you remember writing your first really erotic scene in a in a book or in an in a short story?
1: Yeah, I, I can't remember which one I did first, but some of my early ones, I remember just, I don't know, my brain kind of goes all over the place. Like <laughs> one of my first ones that really sticks out of my brain was about a woman who hooks up with three men in a haunted house and they have sex in a haunted house. And it's a total hookup. and. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I have not done such a thing, but <laughs> it was really fun to explore that and develop that story. And that's one that people comment on a lot. It's just very hardcore and just very just mm-hmm. like, you know, <laughs> a, a trip to read.
0: It's a, there's a lot of language, too, when you do erotica that people don't grow up being comfortable with we right? yes. were not taught lots of language around sexuality and body parts that make people go oh yeah that's a that's a great word how do you mm-hmm. develop your language around that
1: yeah you know and i i when i first started writing erotica i was trying to submit to publishers and i was getting i was finding it was very very difficult to do exactly what they wanted and use the right exact words they want and some of that was language and you know you can easily change language in a story but you know when you're telling a story and you have to follow their exact guidelines for language and then you want it and maybe they don't take your story and then you try to go submit it somewhere else well it doesn't fit their guidelines either so I found (laughs) language Language is, you, you can get it to try and fit one publisher, but it may not fit another. And you're doing an awful lot of work. And that's a, that's a huge challenge because there's so many opinions out there in publishers about what kind of language to use and what's appropriate. And then there's people's opinions. Like a lot of people don't like the word cunt. A lot of people, mm-hmm. don't, you know what I mean? Like that just instantly turns some people off. It doesn't bother me. I don't think there's any word. It actually bothers me or like triggers me where it's like, oh, I hate that. You know, as far as sexual language goes, I can't mm-hmm. even think of one. <laughs> but yeah, I didn't grow up that way. That wasn't that wasn't language that was used in my home by any means.
0: Was there was there a period of acclimatizing to the language and writing explicitly, or was it something you were just generally comfortable with from the start?
1: Well, I was one of those kids that I mean, before I even knew what BDSM really was, when I was even a teenager, some of my fantasies involved that. And it was like, mm-hmm. I don't even know where it came from or why I had those fantasies. It just was sort of like there. And I don't know if it was just natural or I saw it somewhere. I couldn't even tell you where I, I saw those things, but it just never, I don't know, I guess it's always been in me and well, not that I've written about it until I really didn't start writing erotica until 2019. But the interesting thing is this comes to mind as we're talking about this, it's actually now that I've written so much erotica, it's harder for me to go back and write plain romance because I'm always like, oh dang, it hurts not to put that sex scene in there. <laughs> you know, it's like it's it's almost painful for me to not include that. And then you know certain areas of romance, they don't want that. They don't want that at all. You know, so it's it's a challenge to you go across the the genres
0: well and there's so much with adult novel writers i've interviewed quite a few authors who just write Mm. in the adult genre but not the erotic genre and they say it's the one thing they find really missing from the reality because if you go back to the 70s and before adult novels had sex in them right Um, i have heard this yeah i actually found out when i was in interviewing meg elison who does uh the unnamed midwife in the road to nowhere series Mm. that in jaws there's a whole subplot where brody has an affair with the captain's wife and they find out and like i had never read jaws before i spoke with her but there's there's actually sex in jaws which is you know and that it was an international bestseller and sex is kind of sex has kind of disappeared from a lot of that sex is like we play with it it's weird the way we, we approach it in this country. And you do the podcast, Oh Fuck Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, talking about sex. From all the interviews you've done, from writing in this area, where do we you think we are as a country with dealing with sexuality at this point?
1: Oh, I think we're terrible. I mean, and you can see it reflected in the media. Like, I'll give an example that really kind of hit me. You know, um, the whole top the Top Gun movie, the new Top Gun movie came mm-hmm. out. And before I went and watched the new one, I watched the old one, and there was a pretty good sex scene in the first one. In the mm-hmm. second one, it was like worse than PG. I mean, they barely touched hands. They like, did you see the movie yet? I'm like I haven't seen it but it won't,
0: it won't spoil <laughs> it for me. It's been out long enough for good.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it, you know, I was like, oh, you know, there's going to be another sex scene in it, and they did not do it at. All oh, and it was so lame to me. And then they even kind of had a sex scene where they kind of implied sexuality. And she like laid on him. I'm like, oh, whoa. I mean, it was like so stupid. I'm like, what? what is going on with our country? Our our sex ad is horrible. Everybody's ashamed of talking about sex. You know, places like Amazon won't even let us advertise our, our erotica, yet they right. sell it. <laughs> I mean, it just feels like it's going backwards. Yeah, there's so much pushing
0: it back in the closet because you're right. Amazon mm-hmm. will sell it. You cannot advertise it. You can't advertise it on Instagram or Facebook. No, nope. nope. but erotic readers are some of the most prolific readers in the world. Yes, right. They they, they buy a ton of books. They read mm-hmm. avidly, and yet we don't want to open up this world.
1: It's so sad. It's a part of life. Why are we treating it like it's this, you know, black sheep of the world? You know, it's just <laughs> we're all here because of it. <laughs>
0: right. Right. And it's it's a quintessential part of being human. Yes. Right. It's, it's yeah. one of our, our key drives. So what inspired you to start
1: your podcast? Well... When I first started writing erotica and first I actually I actually did my first splash into anything erotic or not safe for work on Twitter by creating an account and, and then I started to write little you know posts and then people were like wow I like what you write so then I started a website and I started writing stories and then a few months later I started to do audio tweets and mm-hmm. People really reacted to my voice and couldn't stop complimenting me. They're saying that your voice is sexy. I love listening to you. So then people started to say, you should start a podcast. And I thought, oh my gosh, I'm already doing all these other things. There's no way I can do a podcast too. (laughs) And so more people asked me again and I'm like, okay, I guess I could try it. And so I did. And now here I am a year and a half later podcasting and really enjoying it.
0: Uh, and you also do audiobook, uh, audiobooks, right?
1: Hmm. Yep, yep. And that actually started because a man who was at the time working as a director at a publishing house heard one of my tweets and he messaged me and said, hey, I really love your voice. Have you ever done any audiobooks? And this was kind of around the same time I was starting the podcast. So they were both kind of evolving audio at the same time. And so he's the one that really got me into recording audiobooks. And, you know, now I've recorded so much audio and edited so much audio between books and the podcast that it's just it's it's a skill I've just really mastered. And I, I enjoy it. The editing, the editing of the audio is, is very long, drawn out and painful. So anybody who listens to audiobooks, appreciate the fuck out of it, because it is a lot of work. Let me tell you.
0: It's <laughs> a ton of work. My, uh, yeah. my partner is an audio producer. Oh, yes. So, you know, Mm -hmm. and he'll do it for poets. And those are much shorter pieces Mm, to have poets read. But it's still an enormous amount of work. And I don't think people understand what goes into it.
1: No, they don't. And I mean, really, recording, it's the easy part. Recording it, then if you're going to edit it, it takes often can take two to four times as long to edit it that it took you to record it. It's painful. It's really painful. I'm recording or I'm editing um, my Magic and Her Kisses book right now, and oh, it is so painful because it's eleven chapters long, and it is a brute to edit it. I'm only at chapter seven. I'm just like, am I done yet? (laughs) It's an amazing thing to
0: me because I'm in the process of reading and just recording the my audiobook edition of Love Letters to a Unicorn. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, and the recording is taking longer than it took to write the book. And we're not even uh, to the editing process. Like I, I know, write right? so much, I write so much faster. Writing and editing written word is so much easier.
1: Mm-hmm. But, it is. It is. Well, it's, it's just great. it's hard doing audio and you get all these like you get these weird sounds that you have to cut out and you know, clicks and, you know, just all this crazy sound. Even, you know, I record in a sound room and I still get, I still get sounds.
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, and there's such a learning curve with it.
1: Oh, there is. I know. I had a friend who was, was going to start getting into it and she thought it was going to be this big moneymaker. And I'm like, oh, I hate to pop your bubble, but... <laughs> Yeah, no, <laughs> it's a lot of work and you're not going to make as much money as you think unless you're one of these big people that get paid $400 an hour to record, you know, and even then they're still not getting paid as much as you think because the editing takes so much time.
0: It really does. And you're in two fields where people think they can go in and monetize it and make a ton of money quickly. Right. Right. I've come across so many people who are like, yeah, I've written an erotic story or two. I'd love to do some for publication. Do you Mm -hmm. want to talk about the bridge from writing, you know, in your your journals or for a friend to what it's like to write professional uh, erotica? Because they're very different.
1: They are very different. And I think that people, if people want to do that, they really need to read a lot that's already out there and see what people are doing, see how they do it, because the way they think it might be is it may not be what anybody wants to read. You know, it's, it's, it's not as easy as it sounds, you know, oh, you just write about sex. Like some people even look down on it like, oh, that's easy. Anybody can do that. It's not, (laughs) it's not that easy. It's hard. It's hard to make it sound good and make it sound interesting. And then you gotta, I don't know. It's just some people just, they don't, they really don't get it. So they really need to read. They need to. Read a lot. <laughs> Have others read it.
0: Who are your favorite authors to read for inspiration?
1: Oh gosh, there's so many. Um I really like to read Lacey Cross. Um, yeah. I've had her on my show before. She's really fun to read. And one of the one of the authors that I narrate a lot for, she she writes on a fetish that's quite uncommon. And I I enjoy her work too. She writes on um Oh gosh, it, it's the the giantess. Have you heard of this kind of a thing? I or have an entire size? series I think.
0: Been... Mhm.
1: Yeah, it's I size erotica.
0: Yep. I have somebody <laughs> who contracts with me for for just exactly that around that and um lactation combined with oh,
1: it. Oh, okay, sure, sure. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it's, it's interesting because she well, she does these things where like they drink a potion and they might shrink the person, the whole person might shrink. They might grow. They might become a, when they're shrunk, they might become a dildo. You know, like there's all these crazy things. It's it's kind of like sci-fi erotica, I guess. I mean, you know, fantasy erotica. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I enjoy I enjoy narrating her stuff a lot. It's fun. <laughs> it sometimes makes me laugh. Or I'm like, whoa, wow, she thought of that. That's pretty crazy, you know? <laughs> her name's Amber Collins. Did I even say her name? I don't think I did. Amber no, Collins no. is her name. She is so prolific. She has so much on Amazon. It just blows my brain up how much this woman has written. I mean, yeah so much
0: (laughs) it's so funny you mentioned the the giantess uh version of of porn because i've interviewed a couple of authors for kink month in october coming up and Mm. they've all mentioned that that's an area they're exploring it's it's becoming a trend at least amongst erotic authors to look at like Mm -hmm. something that that hasn't been popular at all for a very long time people are starting to explore size differentials do you have any insight on what drives that
1: well I have actually because you know I've narrated quite a few of her books I don't even know how many maybe like 10 or 12 of her books and A couple of her fans have then crossed over to be my fans, and I've talked to them. And one man in particular really liked talking about being shrunken and controlled because he was, you know, in his real life, he's he has a very big job. He is sort of like BDSM. He has a very... What draws people to that? He's a very big job. He's making all these decisions. And so for his fantasy, it's like he would be shrunken down and controlled and, you know, made to do different things sexually. But he's also getting off. But he is being the one controlled because he's shrunken by this big, you know, big, sexy, gorgeous woman that he finds amazing. You know, so that I found really interesting.
0: It reminds me years ago. Uh, God, it has to be over twenty five years ago. Text be me, or messages between Prince Charles and Camilla were leaked hmm. when they were when he was still with Diana. And oh, yeah. I remember one standing out about him wanting to be her tampon, oh, and people went yeah. wild over that. But it's the only thing I can think of where it's been mentioned anywhere in mainstream press.
1: Yeah. Oh, true. In fact, when I first the first I first book I got for her, first audiobook contract, I read the story and I was just laughing so hard because I'm like, oh my gosh, this is just crazy. Because the pe- the people were growing to like, you know, the story was where they would take this potion and then they would grow or shrink. And so like the woman might grow to be like, you know, 50 feet and the man would shrink down to, you know, be her dildo. And the only way they would go back to their regular size is once they came. Then they would go back, but they had to come to get back to their regular size. And <laughs> so that was my first exposure to this. And I was just like laughing so hard because it was also kind of comical at the same time. And so then she introduced me to this whole world. And there's a um website that I think it's Giantess City or something like that. I don't know. Uh-huh. There's an entire fetish community out there that is so into this giantess fetish this what is it it's hyperphilia and oh gosh rather than the hypo hypophilia i don't remember but it's yeah that the shrinking and growing of people as they're having sex and there's just like a ton of people that are like hidden off in this pocket of the world that are totally fascinated with this and this website is very very well attended and visited it's a big thing. It's a hit kind of a hidden fetish. Yeah, but it's such a fun world for Mm -hmm. you.
0: What are your favorite types of
1: stories to write? Oh gosh. I'm like kind of all over the place. I just, and I guess to me that's because I, my sexuality, my brain is all over the place. Like I'll write lesbian erotica. I'll write, you know, multiple partner erotica. Um, oh, I don't even know if I can, I can, and not even write just between two people, you know, like I have a few stories. So I, I know some people say you really, really need to like find your niche and stick to it. But I'm like, but I like all of these things and I'm not going to limit myself <laughs> to one thing. I'm going to just kind of, do it all and and you know, whatever ends up being the, the most popular, which I, I am starting to find that out. I may do more of that, but that doesn't mean I'm not gonna do the others. And I forgot what your question was. Did I even answer it?
0: <laughs> the, the the favorite genre of, oh, of yes. that you like to
1: write. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Um yeah, I guess I really like the multiples. I think that's really fun to write when you're, you know, th- mm-hmm. three people or more. It's just really there's so much more you can do when you have another person in there. There's so much more you can do with a story. Uh, I feel like if you're doing erotica where it's just two couples, it's still good. It's still fun. But that third or more person thrown in there really can add a lot to the story, a lot of just their character, their actions. So yeah, I guess I would say that's probably my favorite at this point.
0: When it comes to your podcast, what are some of your favorite discussion topics?
1: Oh gosh, I really love talking about anything about sex. And a lot of my episodes too are just me reading erotica, my erotica or others or stuff. I just, you know, I call it erotic improv. I just spin it off the top of my head. And then I have guests and I love, I really love to talk to different guests across the total spectrum. I mean, anything and everything. I I don't, I'm very inclusive. I don't want to exclude anyone. Um I have this really exciting one coming up that I'm so interested in. He's writing a a web show called Cam Girls. So, you know, anything from like <laughs> anything from like that all the way to people who are just doing straight up sex ed, you know? I guess I like to include it all. Be very inclusive and include everybody's opinion and put it all out there because I lo- I just really love showcasing people to the world. I just really, really love to do that. I really think it's so much fun. I love to talk to erotica authors too and be like, hey, world, look at this awesome person. Look at what they did. Look at what they do. And I just, that just makes me glow inside. I just love to do that. (laughs) So I guess that's the gamut of what I do on the podcast. I try to do it all, (laughs) much much like you're writing. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah, kind of all over exploring
0: the whole realm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What have you learned from from doing your podcast?
1: Oh, I've learned so much. And one of the things I find really interesting is like, so I'll take my podcast and on Spotify, I'll make my playlist so that, you know, public, so that I can kind of categorize them because I have so many different topics. I can categorize it and be like, you know, ruins erotica or, you know, sex ed, have better sex. And then I will put them into those playlists. And I was looking the other day at how many hours I've talked to like a sex therapist or a sex coach. And it really hit me that, man, I've really learned a lot from these people. It's almost like I've taken training or a class because I've talked to so many of them. You know what I mean? It's very valuable and it's totally changed me for the better. In what ways have you
0: noticed the change?
1: I'm definitely more open. I mean, I already was open and not judgmental to begin with, but I'm even more so now. I'm less definitely have shed a ton of shame that I used to have for many, many years before I even started to write erotica. That, that to me is the biggest and most valuable thing is to, to have shed a lot of that shame. And I think that that comes with age also. The older you get, I think you, you, just shed that shame and you don't care as much what other people think. But this has really accelerated it for me, talking to all these people and hearing what they have to say. So I'm getting pieces of their training kind of spoon-fed to me through the podcast, which I think is just fantastic. And like even you, you know, when I (laughs) interviewed you, you gave me so much then too, you know. (laughs)
0: you talk about shedding shame and age, which is something we've explored on fat chicks. Is there stuff that starts to happen around the age of 40 for a lot of women when it comes to sex and shame and bodies? I think you're over
1: 40, correct? Yeah, I'm in my 40s.
0: I, I was going to say, it's hard, looking at you, it's hard to tell if you've hit that age <laughs> mark yet. I usually it's don't gorgeous. tell
1: people, so you're getting, you're getting a little bit more than I tell other people <laughs> usually. But yeah, I am in my 40s, <laughs> and I did feel a definite shift when I hit 40 absolutely a wonderful shift what
0: was that I'm not even really
1: sure but I know that at that point I started to live more for myself and not care what others thought of me and that has just grown and I just don't I mean I'm here to live for me I'm not going to be like everyone else I'm not going to be on this earth forever and I want to live my life the way I want to live it and I just don't care what other people think. You know what? They may have a different opinion than me. They may shame me, but it doesn't really matter to me. And that is what I feel is very, very liberating and empowering.
0: It's incredibly liberating and empowering. And you bring up not not caring what other people think. Does your family know what you write and what you podcast about? And if so, what's their response?
1: Um, I've told my sister, but she doesn't really understand what I'm doing, and I haven't really elaborated much on it, (laughs) Uh and I haven't really told other members of my family, although I have told them that I'm doing a lot of things under a pen name, and they haven't really pried, and I've told a few friends, and the response so far has been pretty good. I've had a few negative things, though, a few judgmental people, but... For the most part, it's it's been okay as far as telling friends and maybe someday I'll tell my family. I don't know. That's another reason Mm -hmm. why I keep myself anonymous, because I do have a couple of books out under my real name and I have my website. And those are very, very squeaky clean platforms and books. So I don't Uh want to impact that because people are so judgmental about erotica and sex, as we said earlier. I don't want it to tarnish it. I don't want it to turn companies off to working with me or buying my other books. So I keep them separate, which kind of is a bummer to me because I would rather show people the whole me. So I feel like it's kind of I feel kind of restricted by our society and our culture that I can't be the full me.
0: Yeah, I totally understand that. It's very hard when you have to keep a significant part of who you are under mm-hmm. wraps. Yeah, One thing I've noticed working in this this field, in this genre, is that he, I think other people spend a lot more time thinking about sex and, and other people's sex than I do. Like when mm-hmm. I'm thinking about other people's sex, it's when I'm writing, but I don't yeah. look at like friends and stuff and worry about their sex life, but I find <laughs> no. other people think about my sex life is that right. do you experience the same thing.
1: Yeah. And people make assumptions. I mean, and, and I always mm-hmm. want to say fiction is fiction. Fiction is not right. memoir. And because it's about sex, they think only you're writing all about only about your fantasies. I'm like, okay, if I write a fiction book about romance, that doesn't mean I've done everything in that book or I have every view of that character But yet people seem to do it to erotica. And I don't know why that is. Maybe they think it's more personal. You're living out your fan, But it's not true. I'm still creating characters. It's still fiction. Don't look at people who write murder mysteries and think, well, you must have murdered a ton of people. (laughs) I know. I know. I I use that example all the time. I'm like, do do you really think that Stephen King is like a serial killer and he's done these things and he wants to do them? No. (laughs) It's ludicrous. (laughs) It is. It is. But yet people have a different set of eyes and opinions about erotica. It is. It's very strange
0: how they... Well, and their feelings about sex get projected onto you.
1: Yes. Yes. Maybe because it's about sex and sex is so personal. So that, I don't know. I don't... Yeah. It just... That puzzles me why that happens with people. But it happens a lot. It
0: does. It does. It's crazy to me. So you're, you're working in these worlds. Has this grammatically... changed With the... The pandemic, right? And it happened. You started writing erotica shortly before the world shut down. Yeah. How has everything changed? Are you going back to parts of your old life now that we've reopened, or has your world totally shifted into this new creative uh workforce?
1: It did. It really shifted. And since things are going well, I'm continuing to do it. I just you know, the podcast is getting a lot of downloads. I'm just really enjoying it. I'm getting you know a lot of books out there. So yeah, it definitely has shifted for me and I'm kind of going on this arm right now. Not that I won't ever go back and write another book or actually I have several books under my real name that I need to work on again and resubmit to some publishers. It's not that I'm not going to go back to those things, but right now I'm just really focusing on doing the erotica your podcast.
0: <laughs> now, yes. Now, you focus much more on the audio. You even have a place where you people can leave you voicemails for your podcast. What type of stuff do people send you voicemails about?
1: Well, that is so new. I've only received a few. I literally just put that out there. I found out about it from another podcaster that that's a possibility. So I literally just created that within the like, like the last week. So it's, it's a week or two. It's really very new. So I haven't really gotten a whole lot there yet, <laughs> but I'm excited. Cool to explore. I know it's really cool and it's free.
0: That's, so, a, I, you know, this is, the, this is the first I've ever seen that this
1: on. And okay. it's like, I really like that
0: idea of, of people sharing a voice message.
1: Yes. And the the podcaster that I learned it from, she does it all the time. I mean, she and now, you know, she's been doing it for so long. She gets a lot of messages all the time where she can take an entire episode and just like answer what people say. You know, I mean, what a great way to connect with your audience. I mean, how fun. I know. I
0: love that. So. When people are looking to find you and stuff, how do they normally, do they just kind of stumble across in a Google search? Or how are people coming up on your work? Because it's so it, it's so broad, right? You do so many different things.
1: Yeah, I've, people have come to me from different ways. Like, um, and, and I think it really helps when you do things in multiple places. Like, I have a story on Literatica, I've written two stories for the site Frolic Me people come to me from those sites. um Erotica for all. I have I usually put books there, and that's a site out of the u k that puts out announcements when new books go live. So people come to me from there. A lot of people come from the podcast because I put, you know, the links to my books down in the podcast notes. talk about them. And then also, you know, just searches online to my website um social media is a big one too people come to me through Mm -hmm. social media i try to spread myself in a lot of different places that way as well but it's it's hard to maintain them all you know (laughs) because i also have them under my real name which i've kind of ignored those a lot lately which i shouldn't be doing but (laughs) you do the best you can right
0: i yeah i had no idea how much time it would take simply doing a podcast and a blog let alone anything else Mm -hmm. like there is so much time into all of this creation one of the other things i noticed from your sites and from your book covers is you have beautiful imagery and where do you find it because you have amazing images for your the book covers on your 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 podcast site on your home site and these can be tricky to find
1: they can be um I find pictures on I'm a a member at Shutterstock and so they have a lot of of great pictures. They even have sexual pictures, which is great because I know I don't think some of the other ones have that kind of content there. Um, Some of the other ones like Pexels and stuff like that. And uh, before I started doing erotica, I was in, you know, I did my blog under my real name for several years. So I've been blogging since 2016. And so I've learned a ton doing that all this time and so much about social media and, you know, how to find pictures. And I guess so that's one place I get pictures. And, you know, either sometimes I've paid a designer to do the book covers and but often I'll just do them myself. And the other places I've gotten some like there's one man that I used some of his images. He was making digital sexual images and he just gave them to me to use because he liked what I was doing. And he said, here, take these and use these, just give me credit. And so I've used some of his images um, and he's given me quite a few as well. It's in are very, they're erotic. They're, they're digital. So you can tell they're not real people, but they're, um, you know, works of art really. I think he does a great they job. Really,
0: yeah, they really are. I was, I was really struck when I was going over your, your listing of publications and stuff on Amazon because the covers are really top notch. It's, it's very impressive.
1: Um, oh, thank you. So, I've done some of them myself. So thank you. <laughs> that's awesome. So what's next for you? What's, what's the next
0: big project?
1: Well, right now, like I said, I'm editing Magic and Her Kisses, which is my uh, lesbian story. It's a professor and student affair, and it does have BDSM in it. And they're a really fun couple because neither of them really know what they're doing. They don't even know really what the BDSM world is. They just kind of like splash into it, and they're both learning, and they screw up. And the professor is really super nerdy, so that's really fun. So I'm doing that right now. And then... I have another audio book that I'm working on for Benson E. Wolf, which will I have to bat that time by the end of the month. And then I also have a new anthology that is in pre-sale, um, Decadent Erotica, which is going to have ten stories, ten erotic stories in it. So that's in pre-sale, releasing in October on the twenty second. So those are my big things right now, and I'm writing the third novella for my sex challenge series and this time it's going to be car sex challenge this is a older couple that's well not older they're mid they're midlife they're both have been married before and this is their second marriage and they're both very sexual sexually playful and they do these challenges to They're doing this day of challenges where they're trying to make each other come all day. So (laughs) this this one is about related to cars and they go through a car wash and they do all kinds of fun games. And then it's just a story revolving around cars. So it's a series I'm going to continue to do for at least a few more novellas to finish off their day.
0: That sounds like so much fun. And it's a fantastic podcast. I love listening to it and checking it out. I also love your writing. You are a great erotic writer, and I strongly oh, encourage you. our readers to check out your stuff. Yeah. Oh,
1: if, really our find,
0: if our readers want to find you and find all the things, plug away.
1: <laughs> well, I have my, most of the books are all on Amazon. I also have some on Barnes and & Noble and Apple and Kobo. There's a few that don't want me because, of course, I'm erotica, so they, <laughs> they won't include me. But so yeah, my books are there and my audiobooks. And I'm on Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, share some, TikTok, Pinterest, Facebook. <laughs> Let's see, where else am I? I like, feel like I'm like all over the place. <laughs> Oh gosh, it's so so fun. I love to post things and interact with people. So I hope people find me on social media and comment, leave me a note. I, I love to interact.
0: And we'll have all of your social links and website links up in the show notes for people to find you along with the podcast and all your book links up. Thank you so much for being on the show. It was wonderful to chat.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me. This was really fun. I appreciate it.
0: Hi, this is Auntie Vice from Fat Chicks on Top. October is just around the corner, and that's International Kink Month. In preparation for that, I'm offering some special discounts. If you go to my shop at auntievicecom shop, you can pick up a second edition of Love Letters to a Unicorn for $5 off using the code prepforfolsom. If you are interested in kink coaching by me personally, you can try a free session. You can book a session for coaching and use the code MYFIRSTTIME and that'll get you a free 50 minute consult. And now, a moment of gratitude.
1: Mm, I'm grateful for the ability to do this, all this work I'm doing right now, and I'm really grateful for the mindsets that I have now that is empowering me to do all of this. And I'm so, so grateful that I can and that people are listening to me and people are buying my books. I'm so grateful. I just... It humbles me how many people around the world are listening to my podcast every day. I just it's it's amazing to me that people are doing that. So I'm so, so grateful for that, for sure.
0: At FatChicksOnTop.com